listener, you tell me the same, but is Gabby not way more vulnerable than she was season one? I mean, you never would talk like this. Cassell, I use she, her pronouns. I'm a queer sex educator and content creator, and I am joined by my co-host, Bobby Box. Bobby, introduce yourself. Hello, everybody. I use he, him pronouns, and I am also a sex journalist and educator, and I cannot wait to get started on season two. For those of you who didn't catch season one, Bad in Bed is a queer sex education podcast. Our goal is to bring you the sex education that you never had, but always deserved and always wanted. We're going to make you better in bed. Guaranteed. <laughs> Guaranteed. Bobby and I have both been in therapy, so we're, we're here working on yes. ourselves and so letting you Update. I think we both started halfway through last season because of the pandemic, but at my first mm. this morning and with a new therapist, and I'm already like really feeling the vibes. That's so nice. I also just got a you new did? therapist. You did? I didn't know this. Okay. I did. So my old therapist, whenever she... so. People who don't know me, I identified as lesbian. When I was 23, I dated a guy. It was really tumultuous. We broke up. I was heartbroken. Eventually, I came into the label as bisexual because it felt like giving that relationship and the way I was feeling after that relationship the finger to identify as lesbian with exception. These days, my identity label's a little bit in transition. I'm sure we'll mm-hmm. get into that. But whenever I talk to my old therapist about like the, the feelings I was having, like even like a few years after that breakup, she kept attributing it to the fact that he was like the first guy I had dated. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure the side effects of what I'm like experiencing in the aftermath of this breakup have way more to do with like how we broke up and how turbulent that relationship was and the fact that he's a dude and it was my first dude relationship. And it just felt like there was all these like little biphobic messages that were getting put into my brain from her. And so one day, I was telling my best friend about my therapy session and they were like, you need to cut cords. I was like, okay, I want a therapist with big gay on Mm -hmm. energy. So I went on psychology today and called a therapist and I was like, this is what I'm looking for. And she was like, cool, I am that, but I just want to let you know that I'm 67. And I was like, that's great because if you were younger than 50, I'd probably have a crush on you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm kind. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I'm not kidding. But anyway, I have this really wonderful older therapist who has big. So, how long has it been with her so far now? Five oh, months. Whoa. I only see her once a month because life's pretty good. Oh, would love to hear that. Mine's once a week. It was a very promising uh, first kind of session. Uh, you know, when you like find you end the session and you already feel better. It was like one of those where before yes. I wasn't. It was more just like I was like. Did I just talk to someone for an hour and like had to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. But like he was bouncing things off of me and I'm like, damn, that sticks. Like this, I think you're on the right track. Mm. And like, I haven't gotten the homework yet, but I'm looking forward to getting homework, you know, like to work on yourself when you're on the time mm. off. I'm trying to be really gentle with myself. And this is something I'm working on in therapy because I feel pretty good about where I am mm-hmm. career wise. I feel like I've really got my my yeah, pals. for sure. I like where I live. I just resigned my lease. I'm living in suburbia yeah. now, folks. 
And also, I feel like I'm really quote unquote behind in my, terms of like my romantic and sexual life. And I know that this idea of being behind is like yeah. arbitrary and based on these arbitrary deadlines. I have so many straight friends in my life who are right. getting engaged. I'm 27. And so where I'm like at the age where people who have been with their partner for a year or two years, three years, four years are starting to yeah. put a ring on it. And it's really making me reflect on the fact that I'm 27 and like I've dated but I have yet to get to the point where I've like reached milestones within my mm -hmm. relationships. Like I haven't celebrated a year anniversary with somebody. I haven't had an, I haven't been engaged. Right. We, I haven't had like a big trip with somebody okay. I was dating. And I just feel like there's all these milestones that I'm seeing people meet mm -hmm. on social media that I like feel so far from. So I'm trying to be patient with my Gabby. I don't know if, listener, you tell me the same, but is Gabby not way more vulnerable than she was season one? I mean, you never would talk like this. Something I'm being vulnerable. I'm sure I'm going to hang up and have a vulnerability no, hangover. No, couldn't because but... I think that that's something a lot of us, like queer people feel because a lot of us do have, you know, straight friends who their lives follows a milestone list. Like, you know, it's like engagement, home, child, and then that's what you do. Yeah, I was coming. Yeah. I came out of the closet when my friends were all married. And and you came out of the closet on the tail yeah. ends of having been engaged. Is that I don't know if you yeah, I think about so. that on the podcast. Yeah, I Can think I say that? Yeah. So it was yeah, yeah it, I wanted those milestones, obviously, you know. But now that I've come out mm. and I almost the opposite to you, I'm like almost exclusively around queer people. Um, these things are so arbitrary. Mm. Who cares? Like I you know, like it's interesting because you're, it's wild how much your perspective on things can change based on who you surround yourself with, you know? Totally. So there's this concept known as queer second adolescence, but it's this idea that queer people live their teenage years twice. First, as the identities that they are told they're supposed to be, and then a second as the yeah. identities that they actually are. So an example of this might be somebody like living their, their teen years as a straight person right? Going to the dances with somebody of the opposite or a different gender, et cetera, et cetera. And then having to like relive some of those milestones once they come out to themselves or to other people as queer. As queer people, some of us aren't having our first kisses with people we're actually sexually attracted to until like right. our 20s or 30s. And so it makes sense that queer folks would be quote unquote behind straight folks who have been living their lives as the sexualities and genders that they are forever. But I got to say, it's hard not to not to internalize it because I can acknowledge that a lot of the things that I think about as milestones is just like the relationship escalator in action. But I want to get married. Like I want to have a wife and like a yard and a, and a white picket fence. And I, I there are definitely days where I feel really jealous of people who mm -hmm. are closer to making yeah, that Yeah, see, um, I, this whole sac second adolescence thing, it's something I've really been able to um, grasp onto and kind of seek comfort in because there, there were parts of like, I was like, I wasn't making mistakes until I came out of the closet and my internalized shame always made it seem like, well, that's why you shouldn't be doing these things. And that's why you're making mistakes. And by mistakes, I mean like, you know, like getting STI on a case, you know, things like that were like, I never had prior to coming out so I was like this is mm. someone punishing me you know from you know and just like little things that like right. you know I've I broke I've broken a 
few hearts since I've come out. Like it's just like things like that where you have this usually as like a straight cis person in your teens, but I'm having this in my thirties almost. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm a child. Like mm-hmm. why am I acting so immaturely? But like I can seek comfort in something like this because it's like I never had those opportunities to authentically be who I was. So like I found the tweet actually. So I'd like to right. credit this person. Um the at is at I am GM Johnson, J-O-H-N-S-O-N. So it says, many of us who are LGBTQ go through a second adolescence because our first five to 18 years old is about suppressing identity. So when we do get into our 20s, we make a lot of mistakes that most attribute to younger people because we never got to be younger people in our true identity. Second tweet. Suffice it to say, if you are LGBTQ, don't be so hard on yourself if your life doesn't mirror the heterosexual timeline of love, marriage, career, and kids, because many of our your years were stolen from you. So take time to live. Oh, many of our years were stolen from right? you. Oh my gosh, what a moving statement. It almost like made me a little resentful at first. How dare you do that to me? Right? It was ultimately me who decided when it was, I was ready to come out. You know, like I was the one who decided when to come out. So I, I don't want to get too angry. Wait, what was the what was the space between when you knew that you mm-hmm. were queer in some way and when you like shared oh, that information with other probably people? Probably like 15 years. I probably knew that. Oh, wow. Yeah, there was there was always something that I knew was, you know, not like the others, you know, mm. like I was like, are mm. all our buddies thinking these same things? And I'm like, absolutely not. Wait, that's really interesting. So, Bob, I've been thinking about this a lot, right? Mm-hmm. I, as soon as I knew that I liked women, I came out as gay. Okay. And I didn't explore my sexuality after that. I knew I liked women. I kissed a woman. It confirmed it. I was gay. Mm-hmm. And then when I was 23, I fell in love with a dude. And I think in some ways, because I was older, when I was basically exploring my sexuality for the first time, like actually exploring it, hooking up with people of different genders, I felt this need to take on this identity label of bisexual to justify that exploration. And it's almost like for me, I didn't start exploring my sexuality until I was 23. Mm-hmm. And recently I've been kind of unpacking my experiences with folks of, of genders that are different from my own. And like, I don't, Oh, I have a lot of thoughts on it. Like in some ways, I think it's important that folks have somebody who is like pretty public on Instagram, me, Mm -hmm. who is like, okay, I identify as like my bisexuality looks like 90% people, attraction to people with similar genders to me and 10% people with different genders to me. But also, I'm not sure I like the label bisexual anymore because I don't know. Maybe it's because I like, because there's so many misconceptions about bisexuality. And so when I say that I'm bisexual, I feel like I have to like word vomit my entire dating and sexual history in order to help folks understand like what it is that I'm, what I'm actually attracted to and like what percentages of the time. But then I'm also like, okay, well maybe my discomfort with this term is just internalized by phobia speaking. I feel like a lot of this sounds like it's like other people's problem and not yours. Like, you know who you are and you're explaining for them. You know, and that's what I find most labels are for all of us. Like, it's like, right. when I say I'm gay, I still am like, 
that still doesn't feel right. But I say gay so that people are like, well, he likes boys most. It's very like, I, I, it's it's odd because it doesn't it even leave as it leaves my mouth. I'm like, no. So I always use queer because I feel like queer is very ambiguous. And I feel like that's what my sexuality is. It's like, I don't owe you any more clarity. So, but also queer, like some people are like, they think queer is a super feminine term. Do you know? Like it, oh, it's. I haven't heard that. Say more about that. You've gotten pushback? Yeah. Well, also, like, people are, like, especially with, like, I don't want to, you know, but older um, gay people because queer was primarily for them used as, like, you know, shut up, queer. Where, like, we've kind of since those days, we've started to kind Mm -hmm. of adopt it as, like, no, this is our Mm -hmm. word and we're going to. And you know what? I've noticed I wrote an article a couple years ago about the F word for gay Mm -hmm. men. A lot of them are trying to do the same with that, where I still have issues with that word because that's what I was called in school. Mm. You know, so it's like, I guess it's like the second coming of queer is the F word. And I'm not sure what's going to happen with that. Mm. Wait, so we should tell our followers uh, our exciting news about this season. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah okay. absolutely. Yeah, we got big news. We we buried the okay, lead. Okay, we buried the lead, Bobby. <laughs> Yeah, so we are sponsored this We're season. Sponsored. Season two is so that means we get to just like really give you better quality. We get to give you everything. This season's gonna be the best season yet, and it's gonna get better and better, we promise. The sponsor, Gabby, you take this away. It's one of our faves. Is drum rolls, please. Fun Factory! For those of you who do not know Fun Factory, Fun Factory is known for making really, 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 really high quality silicone products, especially penis strokers and dildos. They are my go-to place to recommend dildos. And I know that they make Bobby's favorite sex toy of all time. Yes, yes, yes. If you follow me, you've heard me. I'm in love with the Manta, which is a stroker that, unlike any I've ever seen before, truly. And um, so it's just nice that a brand that Gabby and I truly, truly love and use, I would, I use Fun Factory daily, I will fully say that, Um, you know, that we get to work together. So it's been, it's going to be amazing. And uh, we're going to have lots of cool offers for you. And um, the content's going to get better and better. We got awesome guests that we're not going to share just yet, because that's giving me way too much info. Exactly. So basically, this will allow us to do things like giveaways to uh, give product to the people who are coming on to the podcast and sharing their expertise and to make it a little bit more viable of a a project for Bobby and I, because obviously it's time consuming for us to come on here and chat about sex. So we're so grateful for the opportunity. Um, And thank you to everybody who has listened. And if you have not already liked and subscribed and left us a little review, if you could do that, that would be really dope. If you send a screenshot of the review that you leave to me, Gabrielle Cassell on Instagram, I will answer whatever sex question you would like me to answer. Not about my sex life, but like in general. And I'll do the same. If you, yeah, whoever needs more information, like more pertinent information, we will do. Absolutely. We want the- Season two, the season of bribery. Yeah. (laughs) Cool, cool, cool. I think that wraps up the recording of season two, episode zero, the intro episode. As always, thank you for listening. Please rate, subscribe, etc., etc. Unless you didn't like the podcast, in which case, don't worry about it. And we'd be remiss not to give some extra love to our producer, Vivian McCall, who makes us sound good. Thanks, Viv.
and to the music makers of the music interspersed throughout our episodes, Hot Machine. Give them some likes and love on social media and on iTunes. And if, um, you know, you just need another reminder of the podcast, you can always follow Gabby and I on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Gabby is at Gabrielle Cassell on both, and I am at by Bobby Box on both as well. Amazing. Can't wait for all the vulnerable, vulnerable, can't wait for all of the vulnerability hangovers to come. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.